Hello, and welcome to another episode of Alexis Says. I am your host, Alexis Miguez, joined again by Carlos Briseño. What's going on, dude? What's going on? And uh, today's episode, I say the heat is on, baby. So this is a you know a fun little episode we're gonna do. We're gonna talk sports, something that I haven't done yet on the show. Um, you know, I'm not just a TV show, movie, comic book guy. I also watch sports. I am a man. <laughs> um, so we're, we're gonna cover everything Miami, basically. Miami right now, I feel, is having the best time as a sports town. Um, you know, the majority of our teams are all doing you know well to incredibly well. So, you know, except for the Dolphins, but still. Um, so, you know, like we're, we're going to cover each major sport, um, right? We're going to talk about how we feel about what we've seen so far, what we expect for the future. And, you know, just uh, have, have, have a little fun here. So I figured we would start first with some baseball, mostly because I'm not a baseball guy. You know, I, I don't really I don't watch the sport. I, I find it incredibly boring. Um, <laughs> it's just never been my thing. I don't mind going to a game because they have these huge beers and you can just chill for like two or three hours and like never even notice the game. So I'm fine with that. But watching on TV feels like a slow suicide to me. So, you know, but Carlos is a definitely a baseball guy. It's not for everyone. I mean, it, I guess it really depends on uh, baseball is the kind of sport that like you really have to be brought up with it in order to really um, be invested, at least especially watching it on TV. I mean, the MLB has, has done, um, or at least try to, you know, make it more approachable for uh, every sort of, um, I guess, age group. Um, obviously, baseball is watched way more by people of an older generation than it is of a younger generation. I'm part of the younger generation that probably watches it and enjoys it. But, you know, I I, I, I was brought up with it. I'm, I was born in Venezuela, and, and in Venezuela, like, that baseball is king. You know, mm -hmm. majority of the most talented players in baseball that, you know, aren't from the States are either from, you know, Cuba, Dominican Republic and Venezuela, you know, and then you get your occasional sprinkles from Puerto Rico. Yeah. Cause I'm Cuban, Dominican and Puerto Rican and I don't like baseball, you know, like yeah, you would think that there's I would, something wrong. Yeah. No, you know, cause like you said, you have to be, you know, brought up with it. And my dad, you know, he watches baseball, but my dad is a, an awful sports fan. Like he's not a guy that will ride with a team through the highs and the lows. Right. My like dad's the team the has been doing, yeah, if the team sucks, my dad won't watch it. He won't. He won't mess with it at all. So you know, with the Marlins, you know, which we're going to talk about, they've been terrible for how long? You know, like so. The good thing is now the Marlins are finally going to the playoffs, right? Uh, we haven't been to the playoffs since 2003 when we won our last World Series. Um, so the odds are actually in our favor because every time we go to the playoffs, we win the World Series. So yep, you know, the, you know, the, the chances are are with us in this round. Yeah, we never we've never won our division. We've always been a wild card team. This is the first time that we're not a wild card team, only because the rules are completely different this year. Where um, the reason they've made the playoffs um, is not only you know a sixty game season has helped because when you play one hundred and sixty two games, I mean there is a lot of time throughout those kind of seasons where teams will will have their ups and downs and like they'll go on losing streaks and then winning streaks and then you'll get a lot of injuries and you know. Things like that happen through a lengthy season, but when you have a 60-game season, which it's already hard to believe that it's the season's over already in playoffs. You know, baseball, mm -hmm. you know, went by super quick. Um, it 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 was surprising to see um, this new structure and how many teams actually made it into the playoffs. Where um, the way it worked was initially during like a normal regular season, you would have your four division winners from each league. So four, four teams from the national league and four teams from the American league. And then you would have, um, 
recently you would have two wild card teams that would play a uh, I believe it was a, it's a one game wild card yeah uh, yeah playoff. it was a, a single elimination game yeah right and then that team advances as the um whichever team wins those wild card games would advance as the fifth team in their respective leagues so there would be essentially it would get down to five teams on one side and five teams on the other sorry I keep I keep messing up there's only there's only three divisions not four so four teams on one side and four teams on the other because you can't there's no way to have you know five teams play against each yeah. other because then it's odd. Well, you um, know, you can have three teams you know fight each other at the same time and see what happens. You know, right? There's no there's no first round buy for baseball teams. You know what I mean? They just kind of yep. they start playing immediately. You know, and it's not like mm-hmm. football or anything like that. But um, yep. but yeah, it, it was interesting to see now with the way the new system was, where you would get you know two teams from each division, and then you would get the two wild card teams as well again, and they still do. Um, apparently, the wild card is. It's a three game series now. It's not a one game playoff. I saw for, yeah. for this mm-hmm. for this uh, this truncated season. So but yeah, it's it's I mean, it's it's great for a lot of teams that normally, you know, if you were to ask me, honestly, did I would I think the Marlins would have made it into the playoffs under the old system or how it would have been like last year? Probably not. You know, it's 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 hard. You need a lot of depth and baseball. The number one killer with baseball is always injuries, you know, especially because mm-hmm. the seasons are so long. So, yeah, but it's 162 it's, games, man. Like that's yeah, just that's it's brutal. five months. It's mm-hmm. from late March to basically the end of September. You know what? How, how, I mean, how many months is that? March, April, May, June, July. It's, yeah, it's about five months, right? Yeah, about so, five months. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. It, it. But it's still great to see them make the playoffs and like you get that um that that sense of I guess nostalgia because the last couple of times they've made the playoffs, you know, they've mm-hmm. won. Yeah, they've made it all they, the way. They won the whole day. Yeah, exactly. Right. And like we're actually playing the Cubs um, in that first round of the playoffs, which would be very interesting because, yes, you know, as I'm sure a lot of people know, the last time we, we faced the Cubs, there was a huge controversy. Um, what was the guy's name again uh, that, that caught that, uh, that, that potential? Bartman. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Steve Bartman. Steve Bartman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Was... Which uh, there's actually a really good documentary, I think, on ESPN about that. Like the, the poor guys. So basically, um, you know, we were playing we we're playing the Cubs. I forgot which game it was. I don't know if it was like game six or something like that. I but think it was, it was like, in the national. I think it. I believe it was the NLCS, so the championship series. Mm-hmm. So the one series before the getting to the World Series itself. Yeah, and that yeah, was a big yeah. year for the Cubs because they were still in that that era of like not having won it in mm-hmm. you know ninety something years. I don't even think they hit the hundred year mark yet at that time. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty and, brutal. Yeah, yeah. So you know, um, Marlins are, are up at bat. Pitch goes in, you know, hits it, I think, to left side of the field, right? And then it was going to, you know, it looked like he was, he might have caught it. You know, like, there's no real way to know, obviously, now. But Steve Bartman put out his baseball cap. Or no, no, sorry, he caught it with his bare hands. He just kind of, it was it was a, a fly ball foul to left field. And coincidentally, the guy who was trying to catch the ball was Moises Alou, who was on the Marlins team in 1997 when they won the World Series. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, and what happened was, yeah, he uh, he he did have an opportunity to make a play on the ball. He reached over into the stands with his glove, but uh, Bartman, I think, just kind of cupped his hands and uh, put his hands basically above his glove and, and basically like interrupted the ball from landing into Moises Alou's actual glove. And yeah, it was it was a huge play because I believe it was in the eighth inning. I think there was already two outs. Like it was uh, it was a deciding. It was game six. Um, mm. I think the Cubs were beating us uh, three to two in that series uh, in overall wins. And it was basically, you know, the momentum would have shifted where we got we had people on base and we were, you know, on the verge of, I believe, possibly tying the game. And the, the whole Bartman thing happened. 
And then even after that whole fiasco of like, did he, uh, did he disrupt the catch? You know, what, did he interfere on the play? The next play happens. Uh, it's a, it's a, a routine ground ball to the shortstop and he botches the ball. And then that's another error. So the, the inning kept going. And then from there on, it just kind of, it basically, yeah. I think, I think it, we ended it, up scoring it was like, from there. Yeah. I think we ended up scoring like three or four runs in the inning and won that game and then won game seven. And then obviously won the world series after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It went on so, from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, it was, it was crazy because the guy was made a pariah after that. Like, it was oh, yeah, like he, he went out of town. His life. I mean, I think it even got to the point where I believe I could be wrong, but I believe that like even the state of Florida was offering him like, you know, uh, helping him like if he needed to move to Florida. Yeah. If he needed to move to Florida (laughs) to get out of Chicago, because like the guy was getting death threats and like, you know, Uh, it was bad, dude. It was really bad for years. You know, it it got better over time. And then obviously the Cubs won uh, like two or three years ago. Yeah. And they actually they invited him to come to the ring ceremony. Um, that's that's like an olive branch yeah but he declined like he he didn't want to he didn't want anything to do with it yeah i don't i don't think he wants to be i don't he probably doesn't want to put himself back in the limelight again so yeah um, exactly but yeah Yeah, it'll be an interesting series because the the cubs are they're also really young like the marlins i mean they have a lot of talent because of just building up over years of being relatively either mediocre to bad to Mm -hmm. you know to now getting a lot better and over the over that time they've built up a lot of talent within their farm system a lot of the guys that um, have grown up within the the, um, the ranks that have now made it to the majors or, you know, have basically shown their talent. And, you know, they won, like you said, I believe it wasn't last year. It wasn't the year before, but it was, I believe, three years ago. Um, and they um, won for the first time in over a decade. I mean, not a decade, over a century. Yeah. Correction. Over a century. Yeah, man. Yeah. So this series should be interesting because, um, you know, the Marlins, they're – I, I was mentioning to you earlier, Alexis, this is the one team that m- I would probably uh, guess that majority of the city of Miami has kind of really forgotten about, especially with uh-huh. all, you know, we have so many sports going on at once now with, you know, yeah. COVID and, and all these seasons getting delayed and falling on top of each other. Um, but, you know, they, they, they are an exciting team to watch. They have a lot of young guys that are getting the time to play right now because, I mean, the team is full of just, you know, young talent and occasional veterans here and there that have bounced around. I'm kind of like what happened with the 97 and the 2003 team. It was the same thing. You had a lot of talent on those teams, a lot of young guys, and then a lot of like veterans that have bounced around that just really meshed together and, and worked and worked well enough to win a world series too. In fact, you know, so mm-hmm. this, you know, this time around it, it, it should be interesting. I don't know if they have, enough talent to win it all there's a, still a lot of competition with the mm-hmm. playoffs now especially with more teams in it now um but it should still be pretty exciting the marlins have really good pitching so uh that usually bodes well for playoff seasons or playoff you know in general um just because uh baseball like there's there's not that mentality of like oh let's leave this guy out there for five six innings no matter what, like a lot of times now in the playoffs, what happens is that like if a pitcher starts struggling within the third inning, managers don't hesitate in taking them out and putting their next starter in just because it they don't have to worry about uh, a super long rest of the season along the way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it, it's a, pl- playoff baseball is always interesting because it's a lot of baseball is a very a big mind mind game where it's like there's a lot of substitutions going on. And you have to plan ahead on who you bring in and who you're going to replace them with and things like that. And you, you see that even more in the playoffs. So. All right. So, um, do you think the Marlins will win the series? They, well, this first round, do you think they'll win? I, I, they have a chance because uh, I, the Marlins do have a, a bit of an up or an edge on uh, in terms of pitching. Um, 
that's what's kind of saved them this year. They've had, you know, they've definitely uh, improved hitting from last year. I mean, last year they were, I think they went like 45 and like 110, something crazy, something they were in last place. Jesus. Clearly. Yeah. They went, yeah. they did really bad <laughs> last year, but mm. um, they've had a lot of uh, pitchers that they've either acquired through trades and gotten rid of talented players before. And, um, and a lot of these pitchers are making it to the majors now and, and helping the team out. And that definitely bodes well for them. Now, when it comes to hitting, um, I think the Cubs still have a little bit of, of an edge there. Um, they still have a lot of talent, the same talent that they've had when they won the World Series a couple of years ago. So it should be interesting. I think the Marlins will put up a fight. I'm hoping that they win, but um, I it's it'll be tough because there's a lot of guys on this team that um, don't really have the that playoff experience. So, mm-hmm. but then yeah, again, it which was, is always it, a factor. Yeah, but then again, it was always it was the same thing in '97 and 2003. You know, you had, there was a lot of guys that never really went to the playoffs, and then you had some veterans that have been there and kind of like helped them out. You know, in terms of acclimating and 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 getting used to the, I guess, being on the big stage. So, um, I hope they win. I mean, who, I mean, who doesn't want to? You know, who who from Miami <laughs> hope, hopes that the Marlins loses? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but we'll just see what happens. Uh, yeah. You know, but obviously, if we don't make it through, so what team do you think will go all the way? I think uh, as 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 often as they've made it either into the World Series or close to the World Series, but haven't won it, the Dodgers have a really good chance of winning. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, I mean they haven't they haven't won in so long, but they keep making it to yeah, the big stage they, and they just lose. Yeah, but they mm-hmm. just lose. Um, I think this year might be different for them. They always have, you know, they have such a good farm system, and all these guys that make it to the majors are like elite level talent. Like it's crazy when you start thinking about all the players that they have and like. You look at it and you're like the Dodgers with this kind of payroll because they have, I believe they have the highest in the baseball in baseball correction. Um, it's either between them or, New, or obviously the Yankees or the Red Sox. You know when it when it mm-hmm. comes to really high payrolls, um, but even with really high payrolls and really expensive players that they've purchased in free agency, they still have like their farm system consistently has like every single time you, you hear a, a player of theirs that's going to be called up, they you know it's always mentioned oh like. They're like the number two left-handed pitcher in baseball. And you're like, how are they getting all these like ridiculously talented young kids out of the draft when they keep making the playoffs every year and getting super late draft picks, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but I think the um, the consensus is that the World Series will most likely be uh, the Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, surprisingly, the Rays have another, you know, the other Florida team that has really struggled throughout the years, but has never won a World Series, has been there, I, I think, only once. Um and you know, I think they're hopefully that you know their their time is due. I mean, I would I'd like to see the Wonder World Series finally. I mean, they've they've been like the as much as as much negative flack as the Marlins have gotten over the years in terms of you know being a, a cheap team, getting rid of all its players. The Rays are one of those where it, they're they're an even cheaper team, and that's just because of like the market that they're in. They're in the, yeah. they play in the worst baseball stadium. It's it's uh, Tropicana Field is like it's a dump compared to you know everything else. Um, so. Uh, it'd be nice to see the Rays win it for once. Um, but I think that's, that's going to be a World Series. But I, I have a feeling the Dodgers are, are finally going to pull it, uh, you know, finally, you know, after mm. I don't know how many times they've made it to the World Series in the last 10 years. So, Okay, well, good. Well, um, hopefully that's the only L.A. team that wins it all this year. We'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, yeah, so hopefully. <laughs> yeah, all right. So uh, let's move on to some football. So uh, let's start off with uh, the Hurricanes, man. It, it looks like the U is legitimately back this season. You know, we'll see. Like uh, the rankings came out uh, today, we're ranked eight, uh, which is I'm, I'm not sure that's the highest we've been in a couple of years. Um, but you know, just seeing 
just seeing how we dismantled FSU, even though that game I feel was more about how bad FSU is than how good UM is. Um, but the fact, you know, we're three and zero, right. We've won our, you know, each game pretty easily. You could say, you know, the only game I think where it might've been close at one point would have been that Louisville game. But other than that, it's like, you know, I haven't seen them struggle really to win any other games so far. You know, the real test is, is going to be the Saturday when we're playing Clemson. That's going to be their biggest test of the season by far. Yeah, the, the that's, I mean, arguably it's the biggest game so far this season in terms of just college football in general. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, I mean, Clemson is the powerhouse that they are and and, and the Canes, you know, it's, it's always good um, for any network, whether it be ESPN, whether it be, you know, uh, Fox Sports, anything that covers like college football, it's always good for the Canes to be, I guess, quote unquote, back just because it just drives up, you know, uh, uh, you know, not only revenue and, and advertising and all that stuff, but just it drives up the excitement over college yeah. football. It, and, it's the name. Yeah. So seeing the Canes, you know, absolutely, you know, it wasn't even it wasn't even close this past Saturday, a, a, a demolishing of, of Florida State. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I literally I fell asleep during the fourth quarter. Like that's how much I was like, all right, I'm good. I took a nap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I always get a little bit uneasy with these games because you know they're still rivalry games, and even the years that like Can- the Canes have either had like a like a seven and five record or even you know even a, a 500 record, those Florida State games are always interesting just because you know they're rivalry games. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's probably you know out of the big rivalries in college football, it's at least top five between all the mm-hmm. rivalries that there are um and that those kind of um or that kind of rivalry really you know those games always make me a little bit nervous at least at the uh, when the games start just because anything can happen i mean as as bad as florida state looked in their first game against georgia tech which you know they ended up losing and then um they basically um they came to play us with a lot of questions as to how how bad they were and if 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 the talent would mesh there. I mean, they have a new coach this season, and um, mm-hmm. they've they've had a bit of a roller coaster ride in terms of head coaches and and recruiting them after Jimbo Fisher left a couple of years ago. So uh, it was really interesting to see how this team would play under a new head coach. You know, in basically their biggest rivalry game of the season, especially this season, considering you know every. Every every ACC team is only really playing ACC teams, except for like their one throwaway, you know, easy game that they have. Because I believe yeah. Fl- Florida State's next game is is their essentially quote unquote easy game of the season. They play Jacksonville State, and if they struggle against them, then they are they're probably a lot worse than people might think. Um, yeah, but yeah, this this Canes team, I mean, uh, man, you know, the second year for Manny Diaz, um, obviously the the son of the former mayor, so there was a lot of like excitement and um enthusiasm surrounding his uh his hire um as the head coach because um he was the defensive coordinator for us when mark rick was the head coach of the canes mm-hmm. um mark rick yeah. and rick, we had that one good year where the defense was just out you know the first year with that turnover chain yeah yeah and um that last last um not last december but i believe the december before that when the canes um really struggled towards the end of the year under mark rick um, Manny Diaz uh, took the took the uh, the opening head coaching position at Temple, and then two mm-hmm. weeks later, uh, 
Mark Richt basically stated, oh, I'm, I'm retiring. I'm stepping down as head coach. So, you know, the, the, the school had to scramble and even fork over a couple million dollars to Temple University to basically allow yeah, them, send them back to, to give Manny Diaz back and, and, and assign him as our, as our head coach. And the first season went, you know, there were some pretty lows within that first season of Manny, Manny Diaz's tenure. I mean, that uh, obviously the lowest of low was losing against FIU in, in Miami. I mean, obviously FIU oh, being yeah. in Miami as well, but I mean, mm-hmm. you should not lose to a team should, like you that. You should never lose to FIU. Ever. Right. And I, I, be, I, I went to that game at, at Marlins Park and it was, it was pretty brutal to watch. That was probably the ultimate low of last season. I mean, they also ended up losing their bowl game and, and it, it ended pretty sour on a sour note last season with a lot of people even questioning, you know, is Manny Diaz ready for, for this kind of job? Like, you know, he's been a, mm-hmm. he's been a coordinator most of his career. Like, is he making the right hires? And, you know, they, they kind of looked at their staff. Um, they kind of, not, not even kind of, they basically gutted um, majority of the people that, that were seemed to be the problem and um, brought in new hires. And with, with that, with these new hires, they changed their whole offensive scheme. They were running a pro style offense for, a very long time. I think even when Al Golden was head coach, they were still running a pro style offense. And then people have been begging for the Canes to switch to a basically a spread offense because we always have these small, talented, fast players that would work much better under a spread type offense than a pro style. And finally, we switched to that this year with you know the hiring of uh, Rhett Lastly, who's the offensive coordinator. He basically specializes in that kind of offense. They brought him in to basically implement his 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 offensive system and it's it's worked really well obviously it helps to to have uh the uh, king transfer to um mm-hmm. he was from houston basically right? after the i forgot the name of the wake forest quarterback but the wake forest quarterback that went into the transfer portal to to play his one year left of eligibility um after him it was the uh, king as the second best quarterback option out there and mm-hmm. um a lot of people were really hoping that he would transfer it looked like he was either going to transfer here or uh, LSU because LSU had Joe Burrow, but he, you know, he yeah, was a one and done, won the yeah. championship, left, got drafted, mm-hmm. and they Not needed, for, you know, they were like, overall pick. yeah, they were basically like, um, you know, we'll take another uh, one year, one one and done player that that can possibly win us a championship again, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, we got lucky, and I think, I think the the University of Miami name and 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 the the talent in regards to recruiting that works at University of Miami really helped out in getting De'Ara King to commit to transfer here, transferred here. You know, got the starting quarterback position immediately, and so far has looked pretty amazing. I mean, there there's not there's not many games out of the three games that we've played. Um, his stats on paper don't necessarily blow you away in terms of numbers. But when you look at how well he's protected the ball, he's had no turnovers. Yeah, no turnovers. Um, he's had no sacks, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's been pretty remarkable to see how much better this this Canes team is when you have a very competent and talented quarterback behind the center, and then mm-hmm. also having um, I think the uh, the the forgotten player that most people don't don't acknowledge a lot is the kicker that that. Um, Borregales, who who was at FIU last year, who kicked against us in that FIU game, and they made I, I, I think he made like three field goals in that game, and uh, I he was another one that had basically one year left of eligibility, and he transferred to us, and he's been our starting kicker, and I mean he's been lights out kicking. I mean he even he kicked a, a fifty seven yarder against Louisville, which kicking anything more than fifty five in college is nuts, you know. Yeah. So yeah. It's, yeah, even the, the pros is, don't do that. They've often. looked. They've looked 
really, really good. Um, now, their next game is quite honestly, it's the biggest game of the season for them in terms of showcasing yeah. if they're really for real. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I'm always hesitant to say when the Canes are officially back just because you know, I've I've learned my lesson from previous years where they've looked like they've looked the part. Um, I don't know if you remember Alexis the one year where we played Notre Dame here, and it was like I remember the biggest fucking shit show that you could ever imagine. I even going to that game, it felt like being back at the Orange Bowl. It was crazy. And then I'm sure, yeah. I believe it was either the following game or the game after that we lost to Pitt, and then it was just all downhill okay, for yeah. the rest of that season in terms of you know, kind of like recovering the the uh, momentum that we had. So yeah. I've learned my lesson in terms of trying to hype up the team too much, but I think the Canes are extremely talented. Um, I think there is a chance for them to beat Clemson, but Clemson is, you know, they're, they're a freaking powerhouse. I mean, they're, yeah, yeah. Like that, that's the top of the mountain right there, you know? Um, so let's go over the schedule, right? So yeah, we know we have Clemson next, right? So let's say we do beat them, right? So let's go over the schedule and see like, if there's a chance of them winning out and going perfect for the season, right? So after Clemson, we're playing Pitt. Right, which we just mentioned, right, that they lost him a couple of years ago. But Pitt, you know, it's Pitt. So we're not supposed to lose to a team like that. So if we are, you know, the legitimate team that they seem to be as far as from what we've seen, that should be a win. Would you agree? Uh, I Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the, the year that they lost against them, we're talking about that was when Mark Richt was there. Um, and then I believe... I know for sure at least one of the one of the times that we played them after that we definitely won and I I think we've played them twice after that I think we've um, mm. I'm pretty sure we beat them both times so I don't see us struggling against uh, Pitt too much I mean they Pitt yeah. gets their, their they get their talent out of you know out over there in Pennsylvania but I don't think um, I think this Canes team is is too talented for them. I really do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That should be a win for them. And uh, Pitt's ranked 24 right now. So after mm -hmm. then, we're playing. Uh, we're playing Virginia. After that, they're unranked. That should be a win, I believe, as well. Yeah. Uh, Virginia has they they a couple years ago they were almost I believe they were top 10 or at least getting close to top 10 and uh, they, they yeah had, they were ranked pretty high last year. Yeah, and they've had some pretty high, uh, pretty talented guys. Um, go through that even on in the quarterback position um, but I I'm pretty sure the last couple of times we played them we've beat them as well I um, let me look at last year's schedule um, let me see here so last year we beat them it was only 17 to nine I mean we still beat them but um, mm -hmm. you know they 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 definitely if there's any team I think out of the ACC that um, seems to be a more of a thorn in our side more than anything else. I think it's, it's, it is Virginia. There's always, for whatever reason, those games are always a struggle for us. Um, even when we're higher ranked than them and have clearly more talent than them, you know, they're, they always put up a fight and there have been years where we even lost against them, which, you know, we shouldn't have. So, mm -hmm. um, I think that's, 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 um, it should be a win for the Canes. I believe it's that game is, is the, it's here. Correct. I think they play in Miami. Yeah, that one's here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're playing here. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, that, you know, that, should, that should be an automatic win. Yeah, home field is 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 pretty debatable considering you know they're only allowing a certain number of people within the stadium, but yeah, uh, but at least they're allowing people. You know, at least yeah. like, there will there will be re actual reactions. Yeah. You know, certainly not as loud as that you would expect, but you know, something's better than nothing. That game on Saturday was. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I don't. I mean, I'm I was watching it from home, so I, mm. I I'm not 100 percent sure, but it seemed pretty loud for the amount of people they allowed in there. I mean, they. Probably yeah, were yeah. pumping in noise, well, but well, they, they do pump in noise, yeah. But for, uh, even the announcers were saying, like, you know, it's pretty loud for only having like I think it was like fifty percent capacity. I think it was like twelve thousand people, something like I, that. 
I think it's they're only allowing thirteen thousand. I think in the stadium. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, and yeah, they were at that capacity for sure. And then after that, we're playing NC State. We haven't played them in one years. One. We haven't played yeah. them in years. I can't even remember the last time we played NC State. That's like the one ACC team because I think they're in. I think they're in the other uh, comp. The other they're in the other division of the conference. Um, we haven't played. I can't remember when was the last time we played NC State. Jesus. Um, I think that should be a win. I mean, they they've they've had their struggles here and there. Um, I can't even name you who their head coach is or anything. Um, but that's should be. Uh, it should be a win. Um, it really mm-hmm. just depends on what uh, the Canes are very much a uh, momentum based <laughs> uh, type of uh, team where, you know, a lot of times what happens with seasons is that they'll get their uh, their first loss and then there's a high risk of them losing again immediately after yeah, that. It'll derail them. Right. So hopefully it's different with this team. Um, I think there's a. Uh, there's certain leadership that I've seen on this team that I haven't seen in previous years. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, the Clemson is just, it's the big test. If they can make that, you know, that game relatively close or, you know, by God, if they win that game, um, that will really kind of dictate how the team plays for the rest of the season, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, on paper, you would, uh, you would suspect that Miami can put up a fight, but uh, logically you would think that they would probably lose, especially playing, in Clemson, so yeah, uh, are they allowing people in the stadium? I think so. I mean, it's the South, right? They're probably can, the they're South. probably yeah, you know, yeah. Let's yeah, let they're, everybody they're allowing in. it. Yeah, let's yeah, let everybody. They, in they probably are. Yeah. 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 So, <laughs> uh, and then yeah. after NC State, we have Virginia Tech. Yeah, they're another one that um, I'm surprised. Yeah, they've always been a pain in the ass. Yes, like I feel like every time like you haven't played them, they've always been a pain on their ass. Virginia Tech has always been one of those. After you know, after you get past like. Uh, after you get past like Clemson and like Florida state when they were, you know, a couple years ago and they were really good. And, um, even Miami and even, uh, even teams like North Carolina, like Virginia tech has always been in that talk of being one of the better teams within the ACC. Um, I don't know if they're back at that level yet. Uh, I I'm pretty sure. Um, once again, I from last year, I'm pretty sure we beat them last year. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're, they're, they're unranked as of now. Uh, okay, so they're yeah they're yeah. they're unranked. Um, yeah, and the, they're one and zero. They just started their season. Actually, we lost against them last year. See, that was one of those mm-hmm. games. It, we lost forty two to thirty five. But then again, it was a shootout. And at that time, um, I don't know if we were ranked at all. Um, last year was like a it was a it was a roller coaster ride of a season. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, they're another team that always you know they're always a. a pain in the ass and a thorn in our side and being in Blacksburg, it's always tough to play over there. So, you know, that's another one that I can see it could go either way, but I don't see Virginia, Virginia tech having the talent to beat this Canes team. That's it's all really, that's all really falls upon. I think this Canes team is, it's extremely, extremely talented. I mean, mm-hmm. from, from freshmen to seniors, you know, so yeah. we'll see. And then after that is Georgia tech. They're another one that I, I think uh, we should handle them relatively easily. Um, Florida State obviously lost to them at the beginning of the year, but then again, as we can see, Florida State is is not the powerhouse not that they good. used to be. Um, mm-hmm. And Georgia Tech, for for as long as I can remember, they ran a triple option offense, which is the most annoying offense to watch and play against. Um, it's the kind of offense where you basically have like your quarterback is essentially a running back as well. And mm-hmm. you have three other guys behind you that they can 
option the ball off to. And it's like the most, it's just, it's a confusing offense to, to watch just because like, if the team does it really well, you just don't know who the fuck has the ball. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and it's 80% running and maybe 20% passing their quarterbacks, you know, in a, in an option offense like that is, you know, they'll throw maybe they'll throw the ball maybe eight to 12 times a game, you know? And that's what their offense used to be. Now with their head coaching changes, they've kind of changed their philosophy in terms of offense. And I believe they're running a pro style offense now. And which is more what it sounds like more, tra- more traditional pro football style, you know, line up like how, you know, how a power offense would run in the NFL. And your quarterback is very much a pocket passer. And, you know, if he has, if he has legs to run great, but most of the time they prefer him to stay in the pocket. So it'll be interesting to see. I think, they're definitely going to have some growing pains and adjusting th- to that kind of offense, but um, they do have a really talented guy at quarterback. He's a he's a true freshman. He was supposed to go to Florida State, and he decommitted and went to Georgia Tech instead. And um, which was a, uh, I'm sure it was very sweet for him because they beat Florida State at the beginning of the season. So there you, go. Um, you guys could have had me. Yeah. So um, I think I think that's that should be an easy win for the Canes, especially since they're playing here. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how the defense adjusts to this new offense for Georgia Tech when we've been used to, you know, the triple option for so long when we play them. So, okay. And then after that, Wake Forest, who are zero and two. So that I think that was a wash. Yeah, uh, that's another team we haven't played in a long time. I believe the last time we played them was a very very rainy game up in in Wake Forest. I believe Wake Forest is in North Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I want to say yeah. Yeah. Um, and that game was another sloppy ass, crazy <laughs> pouring rain type of game where I think it's almost I think we won towards the end of the game and it was another one where they were not ranked and we were on the up and up. So it was just another one of those, uh, I guess, quote unquote, cardiac canes games. You know, those games where, you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 the team has given the entire fan base a, a heart attack and have to have to resuscitate the whole fan base, you know. So um, I think that should be an easy win for the canes. I, I don't okay. see, you know. And the last game uh, is going to be UNC, who they're currently ranked 12 right now. Again, they're another team that has been problematic uh, against us, um, and it really, I, I, I don't want to, you know, keep beating a dead horse, but it really just depends on how the team re, um, responds to either winning or losing against Clemson, and then you know the next couple games after that, because like I said, this team is traditionally especially in within recent years, the team has very much been a momentum uh, style team where, you know, it really just depends on um, how much this team can either not get, you know, not get to their own head and, and be big headed with the whole, you know, swagger and, and, you know, we can beat anyone and also not get into their own, own head where if they, you know, lose one or two, not say this is the end of the season. That's it. There's no, there's no reason to play hard anymore, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's like, um, yeah, a lot's gonna be based on their resilience to yep. any potential loss. You know, it's like, don't let it get you down, just keep going, keep pushing. Yep, so, so we'll see. You know, like, even though we're three and oh, you know, yeah, everyone's still a little wary. We're like, okay, you know, we've been, you know, we've had these kind of starts before, so let's, you know, let's make sure that we're legit before we really, you know, like dive in. So, yeah, I'm, I think after Saturday's game, whatever the outcome is, you know, will really dictate the rest mm-hmm. of the season. So we'll see what happens. All right. So uh, let's uh, move on to the big leagues. Let's move on to some NFL. So the Dolphins, it's, you know, not, not, not much is different. Who? <laughs> yeah, not much is different right now. You know, this is definitely, I think right now, as far as football, it's definitely a Kingstown. Um, the Dolphins are one and two. Um, 
everybody's expectation for this season really is just getting Tua out there. You know, like, well, we don't expect to, you know, go to the playoffs or anything like that. We just want Tua out there already and to see what he can do. We want to see if he, if he is that generational quarterback talent that will make us a contender for years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, it's not the case, you know, which is understandable, right? Tua had, a, you know, a very a traumatic injury last season uh, when he was playing with Alabama, you know, dislocated his hip, fractured his pelvis. The fact that the kid's even 100% ready to go now is a miracle. Like, you know, it's a testament to, you know, how well he healed, the, you know, the, the treatment he received, all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, so so far we're one and two. We lost the first two games. The Patriots game, honestly, the season opener, I didn't think it was that bad of a loss considering we were playing in Foxborough, right? Um, you know, even though it's Cam Newton now who is still, honestly, a top 10 quarterback. The fact that that guy went so long in free agency that nobody else picked him up you know, was insane to me. And of course he goes to the goddamn Patriots because why mm-hmm. wouldn't they, you know, freaking land on their feet every time something bad happens to them, you know? So, and even though we lost that game, I felt okay with it because usually those kinds of games, we get blown out. So like, I was happy with how close that the, the score was in that game. Yeah. Um, uh, it was nice for them to, to put up a fight. Cause I mean, any team that's coached by Bill Belichick is always going to be a, a pain in the ass. Um, mm-hmm. I think realistically, f- at least for me, if you're going to ask my personal opinion about this team, what I thought maybe going into the season, I think best case scenario, I was looking at it. Maybe they go nine and seven, you know, one of those type of above 500 uh, getting maybe <laughs> close to the playoff. But, you know, considering yeah, you're, you're being very, very generous, like I was thinking like seven and nine. Right. It, it was a, basically a flip flop of that record is what I looked at. I think uh, mm-hmm. worst case scenario, you're looking at maybe five wins, you know, maybe six. But I think you look at uh, if you if you're looking at, you know, this team as any sort of like, quote unquote, improvement, I think seven and nine is quote unquote improvement. But mm-hmm. uh, nine and seven is probably your best case scenario, just based on the talent on the team and a lot of like this new mentality that uh, Coach Brian Flores is trying to like implement within the organization itself. He's trying to basically emulate what he learned when he was in New England. So. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully you know, that which, which I'm all for because that's right. He, he came from a dynasty, so why would you not want right. something to that effect in your own organization? Right. It's the idea of like not necessarily having, um, if anything, you would have your star-studded player is the most important position, which is your quarterback, and then kind of just having you know an ensemble cast of players that not necessarily having you know uh, first-round studs at every position but everybody doing their part to basically win the games, which is what they had in New England. I mean, yeah, in New England, there were years that they had Randy Moss at wide receiver. And then they had, you know, there were years where they had Corey Dillon at running back. I can't even believe I'm saying that name. Um, (laughs) Corey Dillon, baby. Yeah. And, um, but the entire time was Tom Brady. Brady, Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and Brady won his last ring on defense alone because he had, they had a historically good defense. Correct. You know, like that's the reason why they won that get that game against the Rams. Belichick did not have a good game. Yeah, Belichick was always he's always been a defensive coach. I mean, the the top years mm-hmm. of offense that they've had is always when they've had Josh McDaniels as their offensive coordinator, and you know, and um, it's almost it's gotten to the point now where it it's crazy. It's it's as if like when Tom Brady was there, Belichick was like, "All right, Tom, you could just handle the offense. I'll let you call whatever you want, call whatever yeah. plays you want. Just let me handle yeah. the defense and everything. The else. defense is mine, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, it's. I, I like Brian Flores uh, from what I've seen, especially towards the end of last season. You know, when the, obviously the games didn't matter, you know, it's not like. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but still, like they they played like they mattered, you know, like yeah. he gave the team more heart, you know, like they they, they wanted to do well. Right. And, yeah, because typically, especially you know, those Gacy years, you know, like that, that was rough. 
Yeah. You know, and you're seeing, you're seeing it now with the Jets, you know, just the continued mediocrity of, of that guy. You know, like, I'm, I'm very glad we got rid of him. Uh, but, yeah, you know, so far, okay, so we have the 21st ranked offense, 23 points a game. We have the 10th ranked defense at 21 points allowed, mm-hmm. which uh, that that I was surprised by. I was thinking we'd be maybe like more in the middle. So I was like, all right, 10 is not not bad. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of the focus on the offseason was revamping that that defense. You know, yes. like, you know, you, you sign Byron Jones, you know, you, you pick him up from the from the Cowboys and then, you know, you bring in guys from the Patriots. Right. Uh, Cal Van Noy. And then I, I believe one other guy from the Patriots came as well. Uh, and then you know, it was Conyo. Uh, what's his name? The cornerback. Eric Rowe? No, Eric. Uh, what's his? What's his? I can't remember his name. It's a quarterback. It was a cornerback that that they brought. Mm. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if he was signed this off season or if it was last season. But um, he was another guy that was a former Patriot that I believe won. Yeah. Uh, no, as a safety, Eric Rowe. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I meant. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like you were mentioning. I think they opened up the wallet or you know the money, the cash book <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. for defense in the off season, and then the draft specifically at least the first two picks was to kind of like shore up the offense. You know, obviously you drafted Tua and then you draft mm-hmm. uh, what's it, Austin Jackson, right? That's his name. Yeah. The left, the the new left tackle, or hopefully he stays at left tackle. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it, the, it's nice to see that um, with the plethora of, of picks that the Dolphins had, you know, a lot of the draft picks. Yeah. were basically we had, it was Tua quarterback, Austin Jackson. We got one of the guards from Georgia, who's basically a starting guard as well. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I forgot his name and um you know they're trying to shore up the 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 holes that the, they believe the team has um at least through the oh, draft uh, Sol- solomon kindley there you go um and i i'm pretty sure he's starting at guard as well um but i i think the team is trying to shore up the holes that they felt that we had going into the season they definitely opened up the uh the wallet for uh, on the defensive side after you know signing you know handing out multi-million dollar contracts left and right to different players on the defense. Hopefully it pans out and it's not one of those, you know, we're wasting money on guys that we're just looking for a paycheck and not really trying. Um, but, uh, I like what I'm seeing, you know, this past game against Jacksonville, it was, it was definitely nice to see them. Um, I mean, they basically you know, dominated. dominated a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From beginning to end, we were, we yeah. were dominating the entire game, which was, yeah, very, very fun to see. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, like a, you know, a couple of stats here, and you know, like the leading receiver right now is Mike Kosicki, which is you know good to see that he's making that leap finally. Yes, Even though finally. The, the back half of, of last season, he started to you know show the upside of his yeah. skill, and then you know he only had one reception in that Jacksonville game, but it was for a touchdown, and it was that mm-hmm. leaping catch that he did, right? Yep. And, you know, but he he was wide open, right? At least for that ball, got the easy touchdown. Um, you know, and then Devontae Parker, um, even though you know he got hurt in that first game, you know he came back and he's been he's been very effective um i don't know what it is between him and like fitzpatrick but they they have this really good connection um and you know like parker has and he just feels like he has to prove something because of the fact that he's been around how long this this what sixth seventh season already yeah you know and like you know the the majority of it yeah he's been you know injury riddled and things like that have hasn't been you know what we thought he was going to be when we got him from louisville um but you know, uh, and then you got other guys. You got um, a couple other names like Preston Williams, who had a bunch of drops in that Bills game. Yeah, bunch of drops. Uh, but he, you know, he, he made up for it um, in this last game against Jacksonville. So you know, it was a good, good game to see. Uh, obviously, Fitzpatrick he had no interceptions in that game. When he, I think he threw two in that Patriots game, two or three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then yeah, so you know, Fitz uh, so far. Let me see. I have it. I have his stats here. So he's got a seventy-one percent completion rate, which is good. Yeah, but obviously, you know, his touchdown interception ratio is bad, four to three. 
mm-hmm. uh, with an with an eighty one overall QBR. So you know, um, typical numbers for him. We can say, especially you know, when, when you look at that touchdown, you know, he's a gunslinger, right? I, you think, know, inter- I think the interceptions, if anything, are down. For, if you want to say typical numbers for him, he's, <laughs> he's a he's a he's a yeah. I threw four TDs in this game. Yeah, how many picks? Oh, five. But you know, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I you know he's 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 played. I mean, I'm seeing seeing how he's played. It's basically what I expected from him, which is mm. you know he's definitely got an arm. You know, he's 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 not a bad quarterback he's just not you know elite level talent he's the kind of guy that you if you're trying to have somebody out there that's that can possibly win you some games and you know um, make some decent plays here and there and kind of uh hold the fort until your your young young and up and coming guy is ready to actually play you know you could do a lot worse than ryan fitzpatrick so Mm -hmm. um you know and and even in that buffalo game i thought the team played pretty well i mean they kept themselves in it for majority of the game i I mean was it that we we lost the lead late in the fourth quarter which you know it's a shame but um uh, the team so far they have not played horribly. That first game against the New England was a little bit like, ooh, because that, I, I, if I remember correctly, that first half was pretty uneventful, right? I mean, it was like, yeah, not not much happened, yeah. and you know, yeah, we we had a lot, plenty of chances to you know take the lead, you know, right. Fitzpatrick, you know, he would turn over the ball, right, you know, and then you know, like our run game didn't get much going either. So, but you know, again, we had no preseason. You know, That's they, true. It was, the, was the first time they're playing; they're really playing on the field together yeah. against another team. So, you know, it was understandable from that aspect. You know that we you know we were going to play very discombobulated a little yeah. bit. You know our our running game is very uh, once again it's very similar to kind of like what New England has been doing the last you know five eight years uh, with this running back by committee approach where yep there's not necessarily a uh, a starting star running back like a Todd Gurley or uh-huh. uh, you're even like when Adrian Peterson was like the star running back in Minnesota back in the, you know, five, four, yeah, like it, six yeah, years like ago, it, we, whatever we, it was. We don't have, yeah, we don't yeah. have a Saquon Barkley or an Ezekiel Elliott. We don't have anything right. like that. They're looking at it with that running back by committee approach because like, I mean, if you play fantasy and, you know, you're looking at which dolphin running back should I get, it's kind of like, just don't even worry about it because like, it doesn't yeah. even matter. Don't even bother, man. There's, Scroll on. There's like five there's like four names that get shuffled around in terms of running mm-hmm. backs for the Dolphins. And yeah, yeah, right now it's uh let's see, we have uh Gaskin, uh Matt Breda, uh Howard. Yeah, Jordan Howard. Even though Howard's been doing the worst out of all of them. Like he's only he's, got he's only got twelve yards on the season. Yeah, he's he's their goal line guy, which is mm-hmm. they're paying a million, you know, I don't know how I think what do we we signed him, what is it, two years, something like that? I don't know how many millions we're getting. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, exactly. He's got twelve yards but three touchdowns. Exactly. Yeah, he's and the then, goal line yeah. guy. Yeah, Gaskins is the, the leading rusher right now with 152 so far, and then the second leading rusher is Ryan Fitzpatrick. That says a lot. So yeah, well, last uh, year he was the leading overall rusher because yeah. we had no, no rushing running backs last season. Yeah. Nothing. nothing, nothing. Yeah, and like, do you see uh, that we sent Kalen Balage to the Jets and he failed the physical? Yeah, and then they there? just and then they just cut him, and then now I don't even know yeah. where he is. So uh, he's probably out of the league. Like yeah. that guy, he's no good. No Fumble, good. Fumbles galore. Just yeah, no, Jesus. Jesus Christ, man, that, that was just rough to watch. But uh, yeah, you know, so don't expect much out of this season. Uh, we're playing the Seahawks next. That's going to be an absolute ass whooping. Yeah, I know. Like, we, t- we should put up like 52 against them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, <laughs> definitely between them, between them and Green, uh, obviously, well, on the NFC side, between them and Green Bay, the, the, the best team in the NFC. And then in the AFC, obviously, is you know the the game tonight is going to be amazing because we're going to have the Chiefs and the Ravens, the best two yep. teams in the AFC. So so we're going to see you know that's going to be a really good game to watch. 
But uh, yeah, Sunday, I don't expect anything to happen. Uh, we're playing here, which I guess we'll do something. But I don't expect us to win that game at all. Like not the, even close. The defense is going to have a really tough game. That, that yeah, like Russell Sunday. Wilson is is playing at, at you know the best he's played in I think ever. You yeah. know, like that that you know right. And I, I know he's like the MVP front runner right now. The guy's just playing possessed. He gets better every year. It's crazy to think. Every like, year. He yeah. just gets better every year. You know? Yep, yep, yeah. yep. You know, and this is a guy when he came in, they were like, he's never going to excel. He's too short. You know, he wasn't even the starting quarterback for the, the Seahawks when they drafted him. Um, nope. Who was it? Matt Flynn, right, yep. was the starting quarterback. But he beat him out in training camp. Yep. It was like, all right, this is the guy here. And then the rest is history. The guy's got a Super Bowl. And, you know, like he's been there twice. That I, I think they're, they're going to go back this year. They have a good chance. I mean, they obviously they have to get past, you know, Aaron Rodgers and, and the Packers, but um Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's another guy who's playing probably better than he did in his twenty fourteen season when he got the MVP. Like he's just playing, you know, when they drafted uh Justin Justin Love, right? was that who they no. Who, who was it that they drafted to uh the Packers, the, the quarterback I, that pissed that pissed him off? I know, I know who you're talking about, but yeah, when they drafted yeah. that guy. But yeah. when they drafted him, I was like, bro, you guys don't know what you just did. <laughs> he just angered Aaron Rodgers, man. He's gonna have something to prove. And well, now they, we're seeing the consequences. Yeah, because it was this past this past uh draft, right? That he they drafted yep. he's the kid out of Nevada, right? I think it was Nevada or yeah, was they, it they, they drafted no wide receivers for him, right? Yeah. And they drafted a quarterback. And it's like, you bastards, what, what yeah. are you guys trying to say? Yeah. You know, it's like don't don't disrespect Aaron Rodgers like that. They're like they're looking at it. Ah, well, we're this is our safety net once Aaron Rodgers retires, but he could pull the Brady and still play till he's like forty five. Who knows? Yeah, dude. But, like how how old is he now? He's thirty four, right? I, I think he's older than that. No, I think he's like thirty seven. He's got to be. He's got to be up. I mean, wow, Jesus. He was the, remember he was the year that we we took freaking Ronnie Brown in the draft. He's thirty six. He's thirty six. So, yeah, yeah, but you know the guy's just a baller, dude. Yeah, you know, like I don't know that that guy. I Look, haven't seen how the, their defense is, but um, their offense is always with him behind the wheel. Is always yeah, yeah. Prolific. Like his mistake was dating Olivia Munn. Like he, he never should have done. Oh that. yeah, <laughs> that that ruined his his couple seasons that he. <laughs> I don't know dating. what happened, yeah. man. Yeah, but that that ruined him, man. Yeah, like let's see, he's got he's got nine touchdowns so far, Oof. no interceptions. Of course, you know he, he's he's already almost at a thousand yards. It's like the guy's just balling right now. Yeah. Well, you know, it's goes to show you how you know how how much a quarterback matters that really can mm-hmm. just carry a team. You know, um, you, uh, examples like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, or even Peyton Manning was in when he was in Indianapolis. Like, it, yeah. it shows you how much it matters to just have that that top level talent when it comes to quarterback. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, let's move on to what uh, I'm most excited about. Most of some freaking basketball, baby. So well, it's the important the- one. It's the most important. I mean, it's the <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, the most important one, it's man. The season that's that's closest to finishing. So obviously, it's yep. the most important one. Hell yeah, man! So last night, the Miami Heat beat the fucking Boston Celtics and sent them packing back home. It was amazing. All right, now. Shipping I'm gonna tell up. you guys shipping yeah. them up to Boston. <laughs> oh, oh, oh God, no, don't don't do that. Flogging Molly. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it's easy, you know. So Carlos and I we live in Miami, so obviously we're both big heat guys, right? So anybody that, that lives in Miami and loves Miami sports hates any kind of Boston sport. I don't like I said before, I don't like baseball, I don't like hockey, but I can't fucking stand the Red Sox and I don't like the Bruins. Why? Because they're from Boston. I don't like any team from Boston. So I hate the Patriots and I can't stand the Celtics. I, to be quite honest, Alex, I think it's it's not even just a Boston thing. I, I, I me being a, a Miami sports team fan, 
I think it's just the Northeast New England thing in general. I mean, I I hate the Yankees. I hate the I hate the Red Sox. I hate the Giants. I hate the Jets. I hate the Rangers. I hate the yeah. you know the Bruins. I, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I can't. I can't stand the Jets. But you know they're terrible on their own. So I'm just like, yeah, whatever. And, you know, the, you're off to your own devices. I, I don't mind the Giants. You know, because like I don't. Know, they've, they've never really been an issue. You know, because mm-hmm. you know, we don't face them. So like none of that has ever affected me. But the Boston teams, you know, we face them all the time. And you know. With basketball, at least, it's always been competitive because the Heat have just consistently been a good team, you know, especially when you compare them to the Dolphins. So it's never really been much of a question there. Um, but, yeah, you know, so we won last night. We won in six games, which, which uh, I called that, um, you know, like before. But, you know, obviously, you always say, oh, I think we'll win in such and such games. But you, you really don't want to get to that count. You always want to, it to be a sweep because you fucking hate losing. You know, like mm-hmm. you and I, we, we watched the uh, game five together, I believe. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and yeah, like uh, we had we had just uh, one game four. That was a Tyler Hero game where he scored 37 points and just balled out. Oh, by the way, if you guys hear any cooing or screaming, that's my son. I have to hold him because he's freaking out. So <laughs> he's going to be joining us for the rest of the this uh, sports talk. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, Tyler Hero had his big game in game four. He scored his 37 points and just balled out. And then, you know, like uh, the series was competitive. We were expecting that, obviously, right? You know, like, I was expecting it to be competitive earlier. You know, like, uh, the Pacers, they were injury-ridden. you know, ridden. They lost their main, their best player, right? Sabonis, he was out. So that was a wash already. You know, so, like, I already imagined that, you know, we were going to win that pretty easily. Maybe not a sweep. Like, I was thinking maybe they would get one because the Pacers tend to be a pain in the ass. You know, I was thinking maybe they would get one win, but that was a straight sweep, easy yeah. sweep. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the the second round series, that was the one where I was like, all right, you know, we're, we're going to find out what's going to happen. Um, so definitely to see how we, you know, I would say dismantled the Milwaukee Bucks was like something that really, really impressed me. Well, the, the Bucks didn't really know what hit them. They kind of just went in there thinking, you know, we're the they were what? Number one seed, right? So they yeah, were number one seed. Yeah, they were the best overall seed. They had the best record in the NBA. Yeah, so they were going in there thinking, you know, there's a reason we have the best record. Uh, this Heat team should not be any sort of a problem for us. You know, they'll put up a fight, but they shouldn't be an issue. And they got hit in the mouth. I mean, that was like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, Giannis getting injured probably didn't really help. But even those first couple of games, he was whatever, you know, it wasn't yeah. like. So, um, yeah, that series was that series was where it really showed me that this team was for real. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, because it also just showed it showed the league in general in the world, like just how great of a coach Spolster is. Yeah. Cause he knew, he knew what he needed to do to take down Milwaukee. Like he knew it was like, look, fact is this team is, is Giannis or bust. Yep. If, if, if Giannis is not going, he has nobody else on this team to really back him up. And as good as Middleton can be, and he's Bledsoe, not. Yeah. 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 But Bledsoe, you know, like he's a regular season guy. Yeah. You know, middle Middleton isn't a, like from what we saw, he's not a guy you can rely on to carry your, your load offensively. If your best player is having an off night. Yeah, at least so, not, at least not consistently. You know, he had that the one win in game four, mm-hmm. you know, but other than that, you know, yeah, his, his shooting was very poor throughout that entire series. Yeah, I mean, the, that series was, yeah, the big the big surprise. That was, like I said, where I felt that this Heat team was for real and that they weren't going to let anybody just kind of run over them. You know, it was one of those where mm-hmm. they show that, listen, we we know what it's like to win. We have a, a our head coach has the experience of being in the playoffs. Uh, especially recently and consistently. And we have this, the right kind of talent surrounding this team that can really, um, you know, push any team to the brink of, of losing or even 
or, or even just completely falling apart. Um, and it, we saw it with Milwaukee and, you know, we saw it with this, the, the early couple games against Boston, the, it, you could tell that like that after, after those losses that, that Boston had, when they went to the locker room, it almost, you could tell that there was going to be a lot of yelling between players here and there about, you know, accountability mm-hmm. and players needing to step up. And that's, that's kind of what this heat team does to people, which it, it sounds, it sounds horrible to say, right. But I mean, they're, they're playing with this mentality of like, just bring it on. We don't care who we play against, you know? So yeah, yeah, it's like, we'll get onto your skin. Yeah. So this, this final series will be very interesting. I don't know if there's really any bad blood between this team and LeBron, you know, considering how many years yeah. he played for us and how many yeah, championships I, he won with us. But I, 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 I wouldn't say there's bad blood. I would say there's indif- indifference, you know, like yeah. Pat Riley doesn't care for LeBron. But mm-hmm. Pat Riley doesn't dislike LeBron either. You know, fact is, you know, like he gave you two championships. But Pat Riley, when it comes down to it, if it ever did come down to it, he would tell LeBron, like, I made you who you are. Right. You know? but look, because me, like, I am 100% of the belief that the Miami Heat are the reason why LeBron is who he is today. Right. Because the, the Cavaliers they, in, in no way really manifested the talent that that man possessed. No. Um, it wasn't until he came here and he learned how to win that he really became the LeBron that he is now. You know, like, uh, I, I believe that wholeheartedly yeah um you know because like because even look at the first year here with us right he still he was still the old lebron because how the hell are you afraid to post up jj barea <laughs> you know but, but in the finals against the mavericks in that first year with the heat like how yeah. the hell do we lose to a team like that you yeah. know like on, on paper we should have annihilated those guys you know the fact is lebron was was relying way too much on wade to carry the team mm-hmm. you know and and it was like dude you're lebron james we picked you up for a reason you know, and it took them losing and then, you know, way getting, you know, into his head, Riley getting into his head and telling him, dude, no, you need to be LeBron James. And, you know, he finally pushed past all that. And, you know, we won two in a row after that. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, they- I, I agree with you. I think, yeah, the Heat definitely made uh, LeBron into the player that he is today. When he was in Cleveland, it was more so um, he never really, uh, not that he under- didn't understand or didn't know how to, but it was a really strug- a big struggle for him to win like on his own. I mean, uh, Cleveland set up some players around him, but it was never really what yeah. the Heat gave him when he came here. I mean, yeah. and then having players like Wade and Bosch around them, yeah, it's three superstars. You might think, oh, you know, uh, so LeBron needs other superstar players with him in order to win. Not necessarily. It's more so just knowing what it's like to, um, to be part of a winning team and to know that uh, uh, you, don't, you don't have to be the person that, that that scores you know 60 points a game in order to win you know if you have mm-hmm. the right players around you and and you know how to work together i mean you can you can win i mean they they went to they went to four uh, nba championships in a row or an nba championship series in a row and you know they won two of them um and mm-hmm. um i think it, you're right it really shows uh lebron carried that well what he learned here back to cleveland won finally won a championship with them over there and then left and went to LA just to be, you know, in that bigger market. And that that he loves to be in front of that spotlight, in front of that, you yep. know, uh, the the big stage of the attention. So and there's no other place in the NBA besides, you know, you have basically LA, New York, and maybe Chicago yeah. and Miami. You know, so yeah, but, but um, yeah, but last place he wanted to be was in New York. Like there was no way he wanted to be a Nick. So right, was like, of course, yeah, no, let, New, let, that organization. Yeah, that organization is is oh my is god a disaster. Yeah, so it's an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. So this series will be interesting because uh, yeah. this is the first. This is um, correct me if I'm wrong. This is still his first year in L.A., right? Or no? 
No, it's his second year. Second. Yeah, l- yeah. Last year, um, he got hurt with that groin injury, so they didn't make the playoffs. That's right. And then they basically yeah. just played scrubs, basically since he was they, hurt, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they was like, all right, screw it. We're not going without LeBron. So, you know, let's leave it at that. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, some stats from uh, the series here. So, for the Heat, right? So, Bam was the leading overall guy, right? So, 21 points a game, 11 rebounds, five assists, shooting 60% from the field, <laughs> right? The guy just flat out balled, you know, the entire game. He's the main, he is the main reason why we won this series from that block against Tatum, you know, at the end of game one to his, you know, just dominance, you know, last night. Bam has only gotten better. His uh, points per game has gone up in every series. You know, yep. he's gotten more and more efficient. Um, second best guy was Goran Dragic, you yep. know, who I, I love that guy. Like, yeah. I'm so happy that he was not sent to Dallas like he was originally meant to. I'm glad Dallas reneged on that deal because they're morons. But he's been balling, you know, 33 years old and just balling. I wish there was a co-MVP award um, that they could hand out mm. because it, it would easily given be given to Dragic. Um, there's, there's so many games within this Boston series, and even the Milwaukee series, where like this guy's getting contested on so many shots and he's just making them. He's making all of them. And he's, he's so, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, quick and like deceitfully quick. Like you would not think that this guy is as fast as he is at, you know, you know, 30, 33 is not old. Right. But still it's not obviously, yeah. He's no, you know, for yeah. Yeah. Point guard, you know, like a a lot of miles on those legs because he's also been, you know, like an Ironman. The the guy has rarely misses games. Yeah. You know, he, he you know, and we've seen him over the years. He's got, he's lost how many teeth, there was that one game where his eye almost got knocked down. And, you know, it, it got swollen shut. The guy's been through a lot, you yeah. know. And yeah, in this series, you know, he uh, twenty points a game, three rebounds, almost five assists, forty-four percent shooting, um, just consistently reliable. He was the guy that would help stem the bleeding when Boston would go on these runs on the games that we won. Yeah, you know, he would come in with a big basket every time. You know, help you know settle us down, run the right play. Like he was just the most reliable guy on that floor. Um, as far as leadership, besides Jimmy, obviously, but you know, mm-hmm. like his his veteran presence was a big deal. Third best guy, Tyler Hero, my boy, love that kid. You know, twenty years old, man. The kid was born in two thousand, and he's just balling up everybody in the playoffs. Like his game four was just something to fucking behold, man. Like that that kid just went off. He he made anything and everything. He shot it in every way he he possibly could. Like you know, he was just flat out amazing in that series. So. Um, him, you know, 19 points a game, six rebounds, which that to me, I think is a really important thing is how well he's been rebounding as well in the series, because, you know, we, we got rebounded a lot against the Celtics, but hero, you know, he's not afraid to get up there and go after it. And then, you know, almost five assists a game as well. You know, that shows that he's not just a shooter. And then, Mm -hmm. but of course he is a shooter. He was shooting 52% from the field. Yep. I mean, he's, he's one of those players that, uh, gets on those hot streaks and wants the ball all the time uh it kind of showed yesterday a little bit when he started getting on that little bit of a hot streak and then it's almost as if he kept asking for the ball when he finally got it there was a point where he would shoot and and eventually miss right but Mm -hmm. um you know you don't you don't want that too much out of a player um but you do like his aggressiveness um very aggressive player for being you know strictly known for being like mostly a shooter in college um so i i i'm been very happy with how he's turned out, especially it being year one of t- the Tyler Hero era. So, um, and having players around him like Jimmy and and Bam and Dragic, like really helping him out, is 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 pretty pretty useful for him. And I mean, I always I still forget how young Bam is. Bam is only twenty three years old. So no, twenty two. He's twenty two. 
Yeah. So, I mean, he was another one and done in college, which, you know, a lot of these mm-hmm. players are, but, um, yeah, yeah. but you know, it's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a bright future ahead with this, this young core that this heat team has. So absolutely, yeah. And, you, and like, I, I, yeah. And like I still haven't mentioned Jimmy, you know, mm-hmm. cause like he, he had on paper, you know, a quiet series, you know, he only had 19 points a game, six rebounds, five assists, shot mm-hmm. 43%. But you know, you feel his presence no matter what, Yep. you know, game, yeah. Game two with that huge steal that he got, yeah, uh, you know, with with the the bucket falling after that, you know, the you know, even though he hasn't been as prolific offensively as he's capable of being, you know, he still has his fingerprints all over everything. And then, you know, he's always coaching his guys up, it, whether he's on the floor or off the floor on the bench. He's always constantly yelling and you know, telling guys, "Hey, you know, we got to do this the right way." And you know, like I, I am so happy, obviously, getting him, you know, worked it, out for both it, sides. It it really helps that Jimmy Butler is extremely happy where he's at because he's had pretty uh rough relationships with organizations that he's played for every even even since coming into the league with chicago and then minnesota and then philadelphia so seeing him as happy as he is in a place and in a a, playing for an organization like the miami heat um which you know we're trying not to be biased here but i mean it's you know there's no debate that they're the best organization in the nba uh in terms of stability and um, just uh, trading for the right guys and signing the right people and, and knowing what they're doing. I mean, there's, there's really nobody like the heat, um, especially within the last 10, 15 years. I mean, Boston's come close. They're definitely getting better. Uh, LA, you think is kind of turning it around with LeBron and Anthony Davis. But then after that, I mean, Milwaukee has its moments, but really the heat is, is in terms of an organization have really been the shining light of the NBA and, seeing Jimmy Butler be part of this organization and be as happy as he is. Cause he seems like he's having the time of his life um, mm-hmm. really helps his, his obviously his performance and his coach, his coaching mentality that he has. Cause he obviously is coaching other players, you know, he's, he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's been around. It's not like Jimmy Butler's super young and he's, what is he? 30, right? 30, 31, yeah, he's 30, 31, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it really helps to see him be as happy as he is. Cause then the, then and then the talent comes right after that, you know. So mm-hmm. um, we'll see. This series sh- should be pretty exciting. I don't. I really don't want to guess who's going to win and how far it's going to go. I think it's going to be really tough because there's a lot of matchups with this series that are big question marks. So I don't know. Uh, as far as seeing, yeah, how many games it's going to take, it's going to be tough, man. Because again, it's LeBron James, right? You know, he is the best player still in the game. Uh, he's still playing lights out. Like, you know, from, you know, this series, um, their series against the Nuggets, you know, he had 27 points a game, 10 rebounds, nine assists, almost a freaking triple double, right? Shooting 53% from the field. So, you know, he's still playing like LeBron James. It's, yeah, um, you, have, you have to worry about him. And then uh, I'm sure you're going to bring him up. The next person up is, you know, you have a guy like Anthony yeah, Davis. AD, yeah. You know. So something that was uh, pretty telling for me as far as like how this Lakers team is, you know, reliant on, on the two. We already knew that they were overly reliant on LeBron and AD. But, okay, so look at this. So. Anthony Davis, right, star of the series, 31 points a game, six rebounds, two assists, 54% shooting, right? So LeBron and AD are the, the top two shooters. After that, you go to Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who had 11 points a game, right? Uh, shot well, 52%. And then after that, it goes down to Cal Kuzma, who made 9.6 points per game. So only three guys on that team were in double figures. You know, when, when you look at the Heat, Right. Yeah. I think four or five, five, at least five guys were shooting in double digits. Yeah. As far as, you know, you know, you know, points per game in there. Where's Danny? And then, you know, we, we got, where's Danny Green? Oh, 
Danny Green's been basically a, a no show, and you know, like he's been shooting very poorly from three. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, we got Duncan Robinson shooting forty percent. <laughs> you know, um, the one thing that worries me um, for the series for us, besides the matchup, obviously, is like how do we how do we handle LeBron and AD? Um, that, that's gonna be tough, especially when they're both on the court. You know, when they're obviously when you know one's on the bench, you know, we, we can target one of them and you know build a wall like like we did against Giannis. Mm-hmm. At least for LeBron, for LeBron, you build the wall against him so he can't drive in and, and get those easy layups just like Giannis. AD is tough, man, because he's a big motherfucker. You know, he's a big guy. He's strong, and he can shoot from anywhere. And who covers who? You know, it's you think about matchups yeah. when you play man, because the Heat have playing been playing a lot of zone, but then they've switched a to man. Then they switch to man a lot of times later in the game, because um, you think, all right, so you have your 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 most dominant big man is most likely Bam, correct? Mm-hmm. So who? Do you put Bam on LeBron or do you put Bam on on AD? And then, all right, so you put, let's say you put Bam on on AD. And who do you put on LeBron? I mean, Jimmy's a little yeah. undersized against LeBron. Uh, yeah. Uh, Crowder is a little undersized against LeBron. You're not going to put mm-hmm. like Kelly Olinick. Um, no, my God. Yeah. He'll get steamrolled yeah. every time. So that's, th- those are your matchups that are a nightmare because you're really trying yeah. to think who's going to play. Yeah. But, but remember, like we picked up Iguodala as well, you know, and like, I'm, I'm, True. I'm, you know, and you have to think that they're hoping that he can bring back some of that MVP, you know, final MVP magic that he had against LeBron because he's the reason why the Warriors won that series because it looked like it was going to go the Cavs' way. Yeah. And then Kerr, you know, switched things around and put Iggy in the starting lineup, you know, just to cover LeBron and he changed everything. Yeah. So, you know, obviously he's not what he used to be. You know, this is what, four or five years later? Iguodala is not what he used to be. Even though he had a great game last night, he, you know, he had 15 points. I think he was perfect from three. Yes. Um, that, that he shot, I think four threes, you know, perfect from there. Yeah. And, you know, so it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough series. There's no doubt about it. But one thing that worries me is as far as our shooting, uh, Jay, Cr- Jay Crowder, he had by far his worst shooting series. He only shot 25% from three. I wanted to fucking murder the guy half the series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? You know, he had a good game last night because he got those easy layups inside, but he, you know, he made one three, uh, which, you know, obviously, for a shooter, having it go in at least one time can be all you need um, to get you going again. So I'm hoping that, you know, he finds his rhythm again in this series because we're going to need him. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. And I, I hope he he kind of snaps out of this little funk that he had because he is one of those players that I actually wouldn't mind if we brought him back for next season. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, if he continues to struggle as much as he does, then I think, you know, I don't see why the team would look in a different direction in terms of spending that money to bring somebody else. Um but yeah, that, that's the one player that worries me. And then another one from time to time is uh, we we talked about him earlier, but uh, Tyler Hero. I feel like there are times where Tyler Hero can get really uh, cold and he can get a little uh, sloppy with the ball and have some some pretty bad mm. turnovers. I mean, that happens. You know, yeah. he's young. You know, it's this is the this, yeah yeah this is the NBA playoffs. This is not yeah. But but last night he had like I think what three straight possessions where when he had the ball where he would get stripped. Yeah, and they, you know the Celtics would go and get an easy bucket after that. Yeah, so, yeah, he had to clean that up. So those are the those are really the two guys that 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 really um, that really I have worries for uh, when it comes to certain things, but. Other than that, everybody else has kind of uh, held their ground. And Jimmy might be another one where he can get on a little bit of a cold streak, and 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 mm-hmm. not, and hopefully he contributes more on the defensive end than the offensive end when that happens. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I, this series will be very interesting. It's just the matchup questions is really where it can get a little tough. And then yeah, Iggy is you know he's not he's not the young pup that he was before, but he definitely has the experience of being within these kind of playoffs so uh yeah yeah so six straight finals for him yeah so hopefully 
he hopefully he may be the answer to kind of uh, quelling uh, LeBron and that talent that LeBron has. So, but we'll see. It'll be interesting for sure. This is, yeah. I think I think ESPN and the NBA are probably happy that this is the finals. Um, uh, I don't think so, man. Like they really wanted Boston in there. Like, you or know, Milwaukee. Like it, it was, you know, yeah. Yeah, well, well, yeah, I was Milwaukee, you know, but even though not really because Milwaukee is a small market and things like that, you know, but if you push a Boston Lakers series and it's just like you're, oh, you're going course. to the history of yeah, it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, my, but obviously having Miami and LA is also big because you have two big markets, you know, two. And uh, now the story is going to be LeBron against his former that's, team that's, that got him that got him his first championship. Right. That's where I think the uh, uh, where ESPN and the NBA were a bit salivating um, about it, where mm-hmm. it was the idea of. One, they could either have it's a Lakers Boston, you know, classic series like it always has been, you know, for who knows how long. Um, but then you have the other side of the coin, which is LeBron facing off against his old team and how, you know, how he's going to react to that. Because, like, is there bad blood? Do these teams not like each other? How is it? How is he going to react to playing the Heat again? Like, you know, you don't really see that during the regular season because it's it's the regular season, right? I mean, it matters up to a certain mm-hmm. point, but the finals this is for the championship this is a big deal so we'll see you know how how these you know how he will play against his whole team so yeah definitely you know but like i, I obviously expect that Spolster already has a, a game plan set oh. like i'm sure he's had something in his back pocket for lebron ever since lebron left of course you know because obviously the biggest you know the biggest fact advantage that we have is that we had lebron for four years you know Spolstra gave lebron a lot of, of what you know he has now as far as like you know um utilizing a lot of more of a skill set mm-hmm. for different things you know like lebron posted up a lot more with the heat yep because he, he wasn't a post-up, a post-up guy before that no you know again that's why we lost against the marriage but he wouldn't post up um so yeah like i, I really feel that spolster has a game plan already in place to contain lebron um the x factor is going to be anthony davis yeah like that, that's gonna be the guy where like if we can't control him then we're in big fucking trouble. It's going to be tough. The, you, that's the guy. Yeah, I agree. That's the guy that you have to you have to keep cold and you have to keep him contained. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you hope that he, you know, doesn't you hope that if he does get the double digits, it's in the teens and that's it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, and you also want to stop LeBron's playmaking ability. You know, you don't want him to get the other guys involved. You want to keep those guys at their low output. Yep. You know, like if, you want to make sure that Kuzma keeps shooting, you know, nine, you know, nine points a game. Yep. You know, keep it, keep it as low as you can. You want to keep Danny Green ineffective, you know, like make Alex Caruso play big minutes, <laughs> you know, because they, they guys, nobody doesn't get anything going. Make you know you, you want them to use players like how we're using Solomon Hill. Just throw them in there and and waste <laughs> yeah and, and waste time. See what happens. Yeah, g- yeah. Give our guys happens. give our guys a break. Solomon, go in there and just play for like fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, but another player that could be an X factor for us defensively would be Derek Jones Jr. Yes, you know because he's big, he's long, and then you saw what he did against Giannis. And I want to say game three, uh, where we put him in there against Giannis and he just destroyed him. Like Giannis couldn't do anything against the guy. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like th- there are a lot of things that Spo can do. I'm sure he's already you know, made up a million scenarios already as to what he can do. So it's going to be really, it's going to be a fun series overall. Yeah. Do I think we'll win? I have to say yes, obviously. Um, but there's, there's a chance we may not because of how good this team is. But this team is very top heavy. Yeah. So, you know, like, so that could be to their detriment because if, if LeBron and AD can't get going, they're done. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I think, you know, like I think it'll be a seven game series. I think it will go to seven. Um, So but it's going to be down on the wire, you know, and I think Jimmy has to has to be the best player on the Heat team yes. during the series. Yeah, I agree. You yeah. know, because, you, you know, Bam's going to bring it. You know, Bam's going to do what he's been doing all this time. So I'm not worried about him. You know, Goran's going to be as reliable as always. 
Duncan Robinson, he's going to hopefully, I'm hoping that Duncan can shoot lights out. Um, like I, I don't feel LA, because you know, besides AD, obviously, you know, um, getting, um, being um, all defense, um, you know, like LeBron, he's LeBron, so you don't have to worry about him. But like, who's gonna who's gonna guard Duncan? Like, because LeBron won't be on him all game. Like, I'm sure he'll be on him a couple times, especially if he gets hot. Yeah. But like, you know, who, who they're gonna have guarding him, and like, are, are they gonna you know guard him reliably? Because remember, Duncan Robinson runs like a madman. He's he's Steph Curry, but a few inches taller when it comes to how much he runs around off the ball. Yeah, I've I've the one I was gonna ask you who who do who do the Lakers put in when AD's not in the game? Who's their who's their secondary big man? I can't even. Who is it? Uh, well, well, they got Dwight Howard and Javale McGee, but you know, right. Dwight Howard, you know, yeah, but Dwight Howard, you know, he, I think he only averaged like five rebounds a game, Oof. so it's just like, you know, like that's not good when your big man isn't averaging, you know, a double digit right rebounds, you know, right, uh, and you know, Javale McGee is Javale McGee, you know, like it, you, you get what you get out of the guy, so you know, the Lakers team is bigger than us; they are bigger than us, but but so was Milwaukee. Milwaukee was huge. Yep. You know, and like that, that war to their detriment. So we're really going to, I don't know. I, I really, I can't, I can't predict what's going to happen. It's definitely going to be a fun series. I'm just glad we're here. I'm just glad that, that we're in the finals. I'm just glad that I can talk shit to everybody. You know, that, it's, <laughs> that it's, they didn't make it this far. It's a great time to be a Miami fan, just based on everything that we've talked about. I mean, even all the way, I mean, who would have said, who would have thought that even all the way to fucking baseball, we'd be like, hey, our baseball team's in the playoffs. Even the hockey team was in the playoffs when this thing, obviously they got eliminated, but even still, yeah, you know, yeah, but so, still, you know, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, this is probably like the best like statistical year I think we have as far as memory sports go. Yep. So, you know, yeah, definitely happy to see it, but uh, okay. So obviously, you know, they're playing in the bubble, right? There's no home court advantage. Obviously there's no fans there, but so do you feel if either team wins, do you feel there should be an asterisk asterisk <laughs> uh, place over the, the championship? Um, man, I've tried thinking about this and I've, I, I could say yes and no, um, just because there's good reasons for both. I don't, I, I, I don't think it's fair to say that, um, that, uh, there should be an asterisk just because we already basically had a full season played right before. I mean, mm-hmm. we got to what, like 80% of the regular season before COVID hit. Yeah. We only have maybe like 20, maybe less than 20 games left. Right. So yeah, so like all right, so like seventy five percent of the season was played, and then we did the whole you know uh, figuring out the seating, and then they had the uh, the those exhibition games right because the NBA we had exhibition games right the NBA had just to kind of figure out the seating of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think it was six or eight games. I think were the seating games, but yeah, that was just to figure out where everyone's going to be. Yeah, and uh, we were on. Do you remember what what we were on track for in terms of seating during the regular season? Uh the the, the third. Okay. Like it, we, yeah, because I, I I think we came in we came in as a fourth seed. We were we were below Boston, mm-hmm. um, and then we were on track to get the third. But you know we lost a couple of games. You know Jimmy got injured, right. Goran got injured. You know and they were like, forget it, it's not worth right. it. Let's just go to the fifth. And then after the exhibition games, we basically came in as the fifth seed, correct? Right. Yeah. So, um, I I don't I I don't think it'd be fair to put an asterisk on it just because we there was a a good portion of the season already played. You know, it's not like a lot of teams' rosters changed with within the couple months of the season ending and then going into the bubble. Um, mm-hmm. As much as as home court advantage may seem to matter in a lot of sports, I think I'm not sure if basketball is uh, uh, one that's really important. I think I think home field advantage really matters the most to me personally. It's probably football, um, just because of crowd noise and like so much is based on like football. So much is based on timing. And like, there's so many like offside rules and false start rules. And like, 
there's a lot more pressure with a lot of uh, plays within football. Obviously, basketball, you know, your your big pressure situations are usually, you know, fourth quarter related just because if games are really close, you know, you have, you know, free throws matter more and and getting open and uh, making sometimes even three pointers matter more. So I'm not sure if a home court advantage is that big of a deal in the NBA. Um, so I don't think there should be, you know, if, if there is an asterisk next to it, it's just to state that, Hey, they want it during a, during the COVID era and not necessarily like yeah during the pandemic. Right. So, um, I think I don't, if, if there's any sport where there shouldn't be, uh, um, any problem with being affected by COVID, it's probably basketball considering, you know, and, and hockey, cause both those sports went pretty far into their seasons. So yeah, hockey was like. I think hockey was like a, a maybe two weeks left before the season would end. So, um, no, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't see it being any sort of, uh, I guess, question or doubt as to, you know, if they, if this was a regular season, then it would be different type of situation. So, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I feel the same way. Like I don't feel you should put one, um, over the season, especially considering, how hard it is to play in the bubble right you know these guys not so much now because now they have their family there or you know at least some family there but these guys had nobody for about a month and a half Mm -hmm. right you know they they, they couldn't see anybody except other players and then you know they can't really go out to celebrate they can you know hang out in the hotel lobby or like the little restaurant they have in the hotels and then but then they go back to their rooms yeah right like they're they're completely isolated from the outside world so like I feel the mental aspect is a lot tougher than it, it is if they were, you know, flying back and forth to different cities to play in the playoffs. Yeah. So I feel this is actually a tougher playoff than than they've ever had before because of the mental aspect that they have to deal with outside of the game. Yeah. Right. Because the game rate is stressful enough as it is. But then you have to deal with the stress of the pandemic when you leave because you know that you can't go anywhere. Yeah. You're stuck in you know in this place, you know, and it just it, it is what it is. So yeah, like regardless of who wins, like it, um, I feel it's 100 a legit championship. So hopefully it's us. Yeah, it better be hope. us. <laughs> but uh, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think um, the 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 bubble it was definitely a challenge. But I'm sure that if anything, these guys probably every day they were just they were they couldn't wait to play another basketball game just to keep their minds occupied with the sport and the reason mm-hmm. that they're there. Because yeah, I mean not. When they weren't playing, I mean, yeah, they basically had the whole the hotel amenities to their disposal, but that was basically it. And you know, obviously, that gets you know they've been there since shit July, so since July, yeah, yeah. So and, and we're almost in October, so it's like yeah. you know the only good thing is you know they got another week and a half left in there, and then they they can all go back home. They so. get back to they get back yeah. to our reality now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nah, like you'll see them all out the strip club. But I don't care if I get COVID. Yeah, <laughs> I won. I won the chip. I don't care. Basically, so yeah, <laughs> man. All right. Well, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, game one is Wednesday night, so we're going to see. It's also game one for the Marlins too. So there's gonna be a lot of a uh, lot of playoff uh, fun to be had for the rest of the week. Yes. But all right. So uh, Carlos, I want to thank you for joining me this week. It was uh, definitely a good talk. I'm super excited. Sports are are definitely. I'm just glad sports are back because um, definitely that, that was hard to deal with, you know, during the start of the pandemic, it's helped, you know, helped us get through a lot of it. I feel, you know, cause it, it was definitely getting to the point where it was just like driving everybody insane. Yep. So getting sports back definitely was a, a big deal, but uh, all right. So uh, where can people find you uh, on the, on the interwebs? So my Instagram is Briseno underscore media underscore. It's just my personal private Instagram page. It's the easiest way to get in contact with me. You can get an idea of what my personal life is like. It's not that exciting just so be forewarned but it's it's very it's very exciting don't yeah. worry it's very exciting <laughs> <laughs> all 
And uh, guys, you can find me as usual on Instagram. It is at Alexis underscore says underscore. I'm also on Twitter at, at Alexis Javier 88, where you will find all my heat related stuff where I'm just, you know, posting memes and just talking shit. It's great. Uh, but yeah, you know, go ahead and hit us up, uh, especially if you're a Boston fan. All right. I, I want to see your face, your reaction when you guys lost to us and had to go back home. I, I want to see your tears on my screen. Please do that for me. I'll feel a lot better that way. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, until next time, take care of each other and peace out.